All right, we are live. What is going on, everybody? Uh, Howie Spangler here. Welcome to Tales from the Green Room, episode number 117. I'm talking with Jay from the band Shrub out of Ohio, right? That's right, man. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, you know, just, just happy to be busy and working and, you know, all that. You guys got a new record out today, right? We do. Uh, very stoked about that. Um, been working on it for quite a few years. You know, the Shrub Band, we took a hiatus for like the last three years. And uh, I got with uh, Blaine Dillinger from the band Hyre, who was the original founding member of Shrub. He and I started Shrub together back, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago-ish. And uh, got back with him and said, man, let's put out a new album. And that was like two years ago, though, right? <laughs> and right. fast forward to where we're at today. And it's like, we finally did it. We finally got it out. And it, and it came out this morning. And we're super stoked about it. It's called Back to Earth. Back to Earth. Right on, man. So um, <clears throat> we, we did some shows with you guys uh, years ago. We, we did. Many years, years ago. ago. I want to say it was like Cle Cleveland or Columbus or something like that um we did well we did a few shows with you guys right yeah yeah we played like a little short runs that's what we do with you guys uh you know in the midwest around ohio um maybe like some neighboring states possibly as well but definitely around ohio for sure like we'd hit up smaller venues too, smaller markets like uh finley ohio back in the day if you guys remember playing there oh um, yeah <laughs> love it over there man yeah and we like i remember one time we went to like this uh this house party after the show and like you guys were there and you know we were like in our infant stages of the band and we're like oh man bally who's here and we're at this party and we just played a show we felt like we were on cloud nine people are playing like i don't know guitar hero or something and they're rocking your song or whatever it was either guitar hero or rock band it was one of those and they're they're playing your jams and i'm like holy shit this is a this is a fun night so i remember that <laughs> night that shit's on youtube somewhere no way <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's uh we had for those of you that don't know ballyhoo was uh pretty big back in the late 2000s and um we had a uh we had a couple songs on rock band and i failed both uh pretty bad i, I tried singing cali girl i got a 40 percent, which i thought was impossible because it's my voice it's me you know what i mean like same frequencies like I should have done better. And then Paper Dolls was the other one. I, I played guitar, I think, on it. And it's just, I just failed. It just, the, you know, how, like the song just ends. Like when you don't, you do so bad, the song just ends. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> I, I might have watched you do that actually live. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, it was on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we used to party all the time in, uh, in Finley, man. That was um, fun times. Uh, we used to go to uh, like my friend Joey's house down the street from the venue and, just party till like six in the morning, just hanging and playing video games and stuff. It was great. Yeah, it was. It was. That was fun. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we played, a, you know, quite a few shows with you too. And, and, uh, you know, like I said early on, you know, we're always like so excited to play with uh, someone at your caliber. And, and, uh, you guys were so like just, I don't know, generous, right? Like every time we were around, you're like, hey, why don't you guys jump on these shows with us? And we played like Kent maybe a few times with you. And, you know, like, you know, Columbus, obviously, and places like that. But, you know, I really do thank you for that, man. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. We try to like, uh, you know, um, try to get cool bands on when we come to town, you know, and like sometimes like I, I hate that like I can't keep my ear to the ground everywhere. You know, I, I try to stay informed and like who's doing what and who's making noise, you know, and uh, 
it's it's tough um and so it it helps when like like bands reach out like when bands will like hit up management or like hit me or the band on instagram or something or facebook and you know say hey we, we're 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 here you know <laughs> like we're doing this and this and we'd love to open the show you know like a lot of times uh bands don't know how to how to get on the shows and i tell them like look hit up the promoter hit up the band you got to kind of go from all angles you know yeah and uh that's how you make the connection with with the band and uh that you want to play with and you know you guys you guys are always like cool and non-punishy you know <laughs> yeah um we have Appreciate these that. <laughs> you know, all these all these bands know what i'm talking about out there like the, the punishers you know and punishers can be anybody not just other bands um just anybody that comes and gets in your face and just you know and it's just like bleh, bleh, you know and there's no there's no you have to have an organic connection to, with someone you know and otherwise you're kind of you sort of looked at as like a clown and i've been there too like i've definitely like oversold it you know like and just just been too like aggressive you know when i approach uh people in the past you know so the to me it's always been like the best way to just like remain calm chill you know you you don't have to say everything you know and yeah uh and people don't understand that like the opportunities happen over time it's like something that's built like you can't you can give your elevator pitch i guess but you can't just you can't keep hammering at it and staying in the, in the person's face and like you know i've had guys like buying me shots trying to buy me shots all night and stuff you know pushing their music in my face and like man i don't want to do this right now like it's cool let's just let's just chill let's just hang you know yeah um so you guys are always cool and you know and uh, and and the show was fun you know oh yeah um so, so that's great. And you have, you have a lot of fans and you seem to have a lot of love, you know, when you guys do shows. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's funny. You were sitting there telling the story about punishing bands. Right. And uh, I was thinking back to when we were super green. Right. And we didn't know really what we were doing early on. And I and it's funny enough that there's a song on this new album called Down on Me. And half of the song is written about an experience I had with Collie Buds early on in Austin, Texas where you know we got on this like showcase you know it wasn't an official south by showcase one of those unofficial like showcases right in, in austin and we were playing with like fortunate youth maybe and collie buds i mean so the lineup for us at the time was just you know it was epic for us you know we were so stoked it would be epic today even yeah and um so we go there and and i remember i printed up a bunch uh, or embroidered a bunch of hats i mean i had like 50 different color hats right and i went up to collie buds after his set and we had played earlier in the day, you know, and they were like the headliners. And New Kingston was his backing band as well at the time. And I remember going up to all those guys and I'm like handing them like, like shit tons of hats, like giving Collie Buds 15 hats. And like, here, dude, take these and you can wear them at every show and give them to all your friends. And he just looked at me like, man, I don't have time for this right now, buddy. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell him about my band. And we laid an egg like an hour earlier or whatever, how many hours earlier. Like, you know, we were we were pretty bad that day. And uh, I just remember I was that kid right at that moment. And I learned a lot right then. It was like that moment, which is why there's a song about that, you know, because I, I learned that, holy shit, you know, I, I'm not doing this right. And this is this isn't the authentic representation of me either. And you don't have to try so hard, you know, just be cool. Let your music and your performance and, 
you know, the ticket sales too matter, but all that stuff. But, you know, let that kind of speak for itself. You don't have to push, push it down in people's throats, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, that's funny you say that the, the one uh, thing, one of the things I remember about you guys is fucking hats, shrub hats. I mean, oh, we yeah. had some in the van. <laughs> oh yeah! For a while, I probably gave you fifty of them. <laughs> yeah, we had all these hats, these shrub hats, and they're like, "Oh, I guess I'm wearing shrub hat today." <laughs> oh yeah, I remember Scott used to rock a shrub hat. I'd see like photos yes. online. I'd see Scott rocking them, and I'm like, "Man, that's so cool." Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's good. It's good. It's uh, you know, uh, bands love free shit, you know. And if the if the design's cool, like we we don't we won't wear stuff if it's not cool. If it's not something we wouldn't wear, like you know what's cool right but it's some that that we wouldn't wear like we we won't wear it but uh and it sucks because like you feel like it's going to waste and i don't want to just take a shirt from somebody and i know they want to give it to me and that's great but um you know sometimes the size is wrong or the or the fit is wrong you know like and I'm, I'm a tall dude and like I, I a lot a lot of times like a large shirt is is not long enough for me um or it's kind of young on me you know and uh i got a bird chest as it is and then uh you know and then an extra large is like uh just it's trash bag so it's it's rough but uh every now and then you get something like oh this is dope you know and bands that care about their merch like bands that care about what it looks like what it feels like of course you know not just what it looks like but what it feels like that goes so much further to me like i love seeing you know we i just i've been watching all the hooligans the last week or two getting all their shirts from the last live stream they finally got them because it was a pre-order it takes a little bit longer and everybody's like they're so soft they're so nice and it's like yeah because we care we pay attention it's like we make stuff that we would want to wear you know yeah. uh and as far i mean the design's one thing but as far as like the just the feel of it you know so i think that that goes a long way uh we we have this thing like like nick won't wear like his favorite band if they try to give him a, a gildan shirt like a shirt oh, yeah. printed on gildan yeah. he won't take it just because they turn into boxes man they turn into like a square <laughs> and they're heavy and they they're heavy, like sandpaper thick. yeah they like, yeah. scratch up your nipples you know yeah oh totally uh but uh <laughs> no i love talking about merch too you know because like for me like you said you remember the hats right that's the thing that i think a lot of people remember about shrub you know whether it's the the people in the audience who'd never even heard of us before or it's you know people like yourself that are giving us you know shots to play shows with you um you know i don't tell this story very often but kind of like the last week i've been kind of opening up about it and uh you know i learned a lot about merchandising and band merch from a, a pretty strange source when i tell people the story so i'm sure you've heard of the insane clown posse before but, you okay. know, everybody's heard of them, I guess, at least. How but do magnets work? Yeah, exactly. See, that's what you the know. Because the clock. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in like WWE wrestling, too, for a while, I guess. I don't know. I didn't watch it. But um, when I was in college, you know, I'm an old I'm an old fuck. I'm 43 in about a month. So, you know, when I was in college, the Internet like first hit. Right. And and the World Wide Web actually is what it was called. The World Wide Web. <laughs> and I remember I went to this too short show. Right. Rapper too short from Northern California. And he had like 18 CDs, you know, there at the table and maybe like one shirt and no one's there buying anything. And I was like, man, this is a headlining show for too short. I th thought he'd be like, you know, pumping out this merch. But then there was this table and it was the band was Insane Clown Posse. And I had never heard of these guys before. I had no clue who they were, but their merch table was like 20, 30 people deep. 
And these kids are buying every single thing on that table. They had hats, hockey jerseys, necklaces. They had CDs. They had videos. They had every kind of thing you'd want. And they had like a best or a good, better and best option. Right. So if you want something good, you know, rec- relatively economical, you can get it right. Something better, best, et cetera. And I was like enthralled with them, like just looking at this merch table, thinking these guys are geniuses at branding. And I had no I hadn't heard a song yet in my life, you know. So I go up to the counter or to the merch table and I said, hey, man, who are you guys? And the guy's like, well, I'm Violent Jay's brother. That's like one of the rappers in the group. He's like, and, uh, you know, we're the Insane Clown Posse. I'm like, you ever heard of the World Wide Web? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I kind of want to like write software. I'm thinking about doing that for like my major. I'd like to build a web page. Can I build InsaneClownPosse.com for you guys? And he was like, well, we're kind of working on that, but you can join us and help us build it if you want. I was like, yes, definitely. And, you know, at that time, I wasn't like playing music or writing music really at that point in my life. And uh, I just started watching these guys and working with them. And like they went from like having like a thousand fans engaging them online, you know, on like, let's say a weekly basis to like 60, 70,000 a day, engaging them, talking to them, chatting with them. And then I started watching how they sold merch. And for like two years, I just followed these guys or helped them out, really. And they would pay me in merch and then I would sell it on eBay. Like they would give me like hockey jerseys and I'd sell that. And that would be my like way of making money. And uh, I learned so much from them, honestly. And and I really am thankful because not only do they teach me about the merch game, which means a lot to me and it's for bands, you know, it's one of the three major revenue streams that we have, but it's also like the way that I got into software development, which is what I do for a living. So pretty kick-ass, man. Like learning all that from them. That's, that's great, man. I didn't, I didn't think, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't, you don't, you don't think of insane clown posse, you know? Like yeah, that. of course. <laughs> you, don't, you know, but it's uh, amazing what they have. You should look at pictures of their merch table. I just Google it. I bet there's pictures. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. The, the, I mean, I, I imagine the, uh, the merchandising has got to be pretty crazy, you know, for, for a band like that, just like, you know, with the makeup and just the, the whole, the whole look, you know, I mean, they got the, the, the juggalos, uh, the, all their fans wearing the makeup and putting their own spin on it. You know, <laughs> it's an amazing brand. It's not a band, right? It's yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those guys probably make some money. Yeah. I bet. So, uh, tell me about, you were telling me that, um, I guess, uh, one of the guys in the band is from, is out of Southern California, right? Yep. Blaine Dillinger. Okay. So you guys formed the band together? Yeah. So I was in um, Columbus, Ohio in like 2010, thinking about putting this project together. I put a Craigslist ad out there and within like five minutes, I mean, it was so fast. Blaine Dillinger hits me up and he's like, hey, he's like, I love these like samples because I was like making stuff in my basement. So I put that in the Craigslist ad, you know, making beats and rapping over it basically. And then he's like, man, I love this shit. He's like, I'd love to work with you and help produce this. And, you know, I'm I'm a guitar player. Um, you know, by, you know, by day, really like by trade, you know, he's a jazz major at Ohio state actually too. And I was like, dude, I know who you are. He's in this band called Jacob Freely and the mixtape bandits. And I was like, I know your band. You guys are pretty damn fucking good. And he's like, well, let's work together. So fast forward, we put an album together, you know, just him and I, you know, kind of in the studio, just on our own. Didn't think we were going to do much with it. Just kind of put it out and see if it got any traction. And, you know, as soon as we put it out, people are like, well, you need a band. You guys need to play shows. So Thankfully, you know, we found a bunch of local cats in the jazz department at Ohio State and we started Shrub. And then, um, you know, that album did okay. We toured off that, you know, locally for a long time and, you know, a few years. And then we put out another album called High Ceratops, um, <laughs> sure, which, of course you did. 
<laughs> which is my one of my honestly like I'm so proud of that album. But, um, you know, we did half of it in California, in Northern California with a, a lady named Sylvia Massey, who she like discovered like Tool. She was like Prince's engineer and Paul Rubens uh, or Rick Rubin. I mean, Paul Rubin, that's not Paul Rubin. Rick Rubin. That's Pee Wee Herman. Paul <laughs> Rubin. Herman. <laughs> but no, we um, we did that. And then, uh, you know, and then he kind of parted ways in the middle of that album, which is why he kind of worked on half of it. And then he went out to Northern California and joined Clear Conscience, if you've heard of them. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, he he was with them for maybe a year or so. And then Hyrie picked him up and he moved to Southern California to join Hyrie. And he's been with with that band ever since. Oh, cool, man. Nice. So what was the uh, what was the motivation behind Back to Earth? It was just like it's time. Kind of. You know, it's pretty heavy shit in my life. You know, the way I write, it's pretty pretty real, you know, and straightforward. Um, you know, if you listen to these songs, you can almost understand the story behind them just by listening to the words. It's not too abstract, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward and in your face. And it's really about the demise of shrub to some degree. Okay. You know, so, you know, after Blaine left, we kept it going and we brought in even, even some, some amazing cats, like amazing musicians, um, amazing performers. Um, we had a guy that was like the guitar player in Parliament Funkadelic back in the day, joined for a while. Um, you know, he's he's like, have you ever heard that Snoop Dogg song? It's like, do 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 This is for my G's and this is for my hustlers. He's playing the guitar. That's his guitar on that song. Oh, cool. So we had him in the band for a while, and we were like just having fun, right? And that's that was like the heyday of Shrub, in my opinion. We put out that album, Hyceratops. It was fucking great and we were touring heavily with Badfish. i mean we were going all over the country with them and we get back to cleveland ohio played a sold out show at house of blues and like half the band quits as soon as that tour was over like literally last show sold out show crowd singing all the words to the songs we were trying to build our markets you know our our set markets and cleveland absolutely is probably our number one market you know for live shows and feeling pretty good. And then the guys are like, well, we kind of want to do something original on our own. So half the guys left. And then we tried to salvage the band. We held on for dear life for like six months, maybe, maybe a year. And then it just kind of all fell apart. And, you know, I've been just home ever since just kind of stewing, right? You kind of go through these phases where it's like, initially you're like pissed. You're like, fuck, I put all this fucking money and all this time into this shit and wrote all this music and pushed, shook all these hands, you know, connected with all these people. I, I was yeah. feeling good about where we were going. And then it just kind of gets pulled out from underneath you. Right. That's how I felt. And then I kind of took a while and I started like growing up a little bit. Right. It's a pretty immature response by me, you know, to that moment. Instead of like getting beat down and let it defeat me, you know, I kind of flipped it and said, man, I need to I need to satisfy my creative needs still. Like, that's why I started this in the first place, because I wanted to create. I wanted to connect those two reasons. Right. And instead of focusing on trying to be famous and all this shit, why don't you focus on why you started this in the first place? And that's what this album represents. It represents me back to being by myself in isolation, writing this music relating to what happened in my life over the past few years. And then Blaine coming in and taking his man, his just, just his industry chops, but more just like his vision for, the production side of things and how he thinks shrub could sound and what would work well with what I'm trying to do. Um, so you have those two elements combined and then you just have this like raw, 
maybe authentic reality of my life being displayed. And that's what back to earth is. You know, I went away for a while, you know, I was like an astronaut out in space in isolation. And there's a song on the album called bright side of the moon. And it kind of like represents me like being on the moon, looking back at earth and connecting with someone that I'm missing basically is kind of the point of that song. But like, that is kind of the theme. Like, you know, I've been gone for a while, but you know, we're trying to resurrect this project and, you know, it's hard when you start and stop and start and stop and start and stop as a band, you got to keep that momentum and that velocity going. And, and, uh, you know, we're just at one of those phases where, okay, you know, let's keep making music and let's see where that takes us for now, especially with the quarantine, right? That's all we can do, you know, is connect with people and make music. And, and that's what, you know, it's kind of a prime time for us to be doing this. Cause we didn't have plans to like tour yet. We wanted to let the music kind of guide us a little bit and let the fans decide if they wanted to see shrub again. So we can do that now, you know, we have some extra time. <clears throat> yeah, that's a, that's a good way to, to get back to the music, you know, just, you feel like it's, it's, it's time. You, you know, you, you, you obviously missed it, you know? Oh man. It's like missing. It's like a relationship, right? Not just being your bandmates or like in a relationship, but music. Yeah. It's like a girlfriend that I broke up with and it was like heartbreaking and like, it's exactly what it feels like. It feels like the same thing to me yeah music's one of those things man it's like i feel like we're so tied to it uh it's like in our dna you know like it's something that like even they say even like the neanderthal cavemen and stuff were like beating on drums you know like it's just it's just something that brings us together and uh it just affects you and i remember being a kid and like records like saving my life you know uh my mom passed away when i was 15 and it was just i remember everything that i was into at that point i mean i was listening to 311 and green day and no doubt and everything that was popular in the mid 90s and uh some of those records man like i go back to the, like the 311 blue album and tragic kingdom and and dookie and insomniac you know i remember when uh green day's nimrod came out in 97 this was about a year after my mom died and it was like what an awful year that was and it finally came out in october of 97 and i remember just being like i need this so much you know yeah it just just it just helps you escape and it's funny too it's like weird how how songs work because like people can write like really sad songs right and people will listen to those sad songs uh because it relates to something about you know like that they've gone through or whatever but like it's like why do why do we want to hear sad songs you know if it's just going to make us feel bad like but at the same time it like makes you feel better it's really it's like, strange. Yeah, it's it is strange. It's it's a connection, right, to another human or to a, a feeling, and maybe reliving that through a song. I don't know. It's just like a release, almost, right? It's no different than screaming at the top of your lungs when you're angry, and then or punching a door instead of a person, right? Like you get that out of you. Maybe music does the same sort of thing internally to folks. You know, it's like it gets those feelings out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 kind of nice to know that other people have been through what you're going through or you have gone through um you know when i write it's uh certain songs um i try to write most of my stuff is i mean everything's from the heart you know at the beginning but there's there's certainly certain songs that are like more you know you're kind of pouring yourself into them more like you're going really deep and uh it, it helps me, you know, for one, like it's all, I, I feel like it's like writing music and, and it's therapy for me and putting it out is therapy for me. 
but then once you get it out there it's like everybody is everybody is uh uh they make it their own and when they can when they can yeah it, you know what i mean it's really it's it's wild so true. Um, so true. uh and and for me to process that it's actually doing anything for anyone else um you know it's and when when i have my favorite songs by my favorite bands it's like that hits me and the idea that that our music you know or your music is touching someone in that same way you know it, it's hard to process that like you know like what's special about what we're doing you know you know yeah. what's special about your favorite band but what you know what why yeah. are we special all of a sudden you know, to these people and yeah you know that's that's something i think that i take i mean i'm sure you're the same way but you know and, and you just said it but i'm kind of just adding to it um man isn't that like half the reason why this is so amazing is is just connecting with someone or having them tell you their story right so you're you're busy telling your story all the time or i'm busy telling my story but then like when you hear a fan come up to you and say well why that song means something to them and what their story is that's like the payoff too you know i say there's four revenue streams in music or three revenue streams there's four right there's that connection that's the other way we get payment in this and uh I don't know. That's why I'm doing this right now, at least, because I kind of needed that connection with people and get it out. So, you know, I hope other people do connect. You know, I certainly had bands when I was growing up. You know, you're talking about who you were into. I kind of went a different route early on. I was like into like Michael Jackson and shit like that and like a super into it. You know, I mean, to the point where I'm break dancing and moonwalking and doing the dance routines and karaoke Michael Jackson. But then I got into like hip hop, right? Because I started smoking a little bit of weed, Cypress Hill, and Beastie Boys, you know, shit like that. But, you know, then eventually found reggae and sublime, you know, those two things, reggae, Jamaican reggae, and then sublime, which introduced me to a whole new thing, of course. But um, for me, you know, you know, I just put songs on repeat. You know, I find one that like is matching the mood I'm in, whatever that is. And it happens organically. It's not like I go and pick it for a reason. I just like, it just comes to me. I need to hear you know, like dancing in the rain by through the roots, right? This is an example. I get that song on and I don't know what transforms my feelings, you know? Um, and then I'll follow it up with a song they have called like bear with me, which is features Eric Rachmani. And it's like super like, you know, just bear with me, you know? And like, I put these songs on and I kid you not, I'm probably responsible for 5% of the plays on those two songs, <laughs> you know, just because at times in my life, those songs did it, you know, and I always have these songs. It, it changes every month there's those songs, you know, so hopefully, you know, you know, people can, you know, all the songs on this album can resonate with people. And I know certainly with you, you know, I have quite a few friends that, I mean, they're Ballyhoo freaks, right? I mean, you guys are, are, are top of the food chain to them. And, and, you know, I know what your music has done for them. So, you know, it's out there. People's people are connecting to you, man. And that's got to feel good. Thanks, man. Yeah. I feel, it does feel good. Again, it's something that's just, really weird to process you know like when somebody uh somebody or a bunch of people can you know first off you're bringing people to a, to a gathering you know you bring them out to a show you know your music brought them there and you know they're bringing their friends and you know that's just how this all grows you know but it's uh and that's you know that's how it's supposed to happen it's like you start a band the 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 whole the plan is like you start the band, you put out the music, you go play shows, people show up, and it's that's that it, right? It's that easy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that easy. Just, just do that. It is though. Um, not. And but that is that's how it's supposed to go. You know, you're supposed to keep playing, you're supposed to grow, and then you're you're filling out theaters and all that. And it, it's just wild how you can bring you can bring people together, 
you know, just from sitting here, you know, just writing, you know, in, in your bedroom or whatever. And it can turn into this big, it's such a strong uh, thing, you know, uh, what, what is, uh, so what's your favorite song on the album? Oh shit, man. Whew. I mean, I think there's like a, a couple that stand out for a reason. And I, you know, one of them's so different that I think, you know, I, I like talking about it, which is the first song on the album is called Shrub Love. And Shrub Love's just this, you know, it's kind of like a motto of the band, right? We we always yell Shrub Love and it's a merch thing too, you know, but it's also just like the message, right? We want to send some love. But that song specifically, you know, I think for anyone who's in the reggae rock world or Cali reggae or American reggae, whatever you call this scene, I hear it a hundred different ways. But I think anyone who's in this scene um, will hear something in that song. I don't want to give away too much, but I think you should listen to that song. You know, if you're into this kind of music um, and the genre and and see what you come out of it. You know, Howie, I say to you, man, you should listen to that song and see if you hear something that perks your ears up a little bit. Because there's a special nugget in there for you, man. And and okay. I think, yeah, specifically for you, like you'll see these things in the song. It's it's. You know, I'm just kind of proud of it because it's paying homage to all the people that I appreciate. Right. So that song means a lot to me. But other than that, you know, the second song on the album, is called Someday You Won't Look This Good. And contrary to uh, contrary to like the title, like it's it's actually a love song, you know, and it's and it's about how growing old with someone um, is worth it. You know, when you have that person. And uh, I don't know. I, I really like it. We have a, another vocalist, a local Columbus singer. Uh, her name's Jenny Flory. She's a singer songwriter. We have her on this tune, and it's, it's you know it's good. It's it's a back and forth, you know, between her and I. And uh, I just think it's it's probably the most beautiful song maybe I've ever written or worked on, in the sense that you know the meaning of it. You know, I wrote it because I watched my grandparents get old and go to a nursing home, and yet they were still the happiest couple on the planet. And watching that and wanting that, right? That's what the song's about. Yeah. And I think everyone can connect to that because, you know, everyone's looking for that dream, so to speak, in quotes, relationship where you wake up every day with a smile on your face and you go to bed with a smile on your face too. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, everybody's looking for that shit. So that to me is my favorite song. Uh, Mike DeGuzman from Pacifier plays keys on that, um, which is he's awesome. Shredder, man. He's He's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we got, like I said, Blaine Dillinger and Matt Benoit from Hyrie <clears throat> pretty much produced that tune. Um, so super stoked about that. I think everybody should check it out and, you know, let me know what you think. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're just tuning in, uh, Shrub has a new album out right now. Just came out today. Back to Earth. It's on uh, all the platforms. Uh, I think we're over saying, I think we're way past saying, uh, out on all major platforms, out on all digital platforms. We're past that, right? Like everybody knows when your music comes out, it's going to be on Spotify or Apple Music, right? Yeah, you're so right. I mean, today I actually had this conversation with someone, you know, we we're setting up a, you know, a post and we were like, should we say out everywhere or out on all, you know? And I was like, that's fine, out everywhere. But I think you just say it's out. Like that's all that matters, right? Yeah. You're I, right. I just, we've, we, it's one of those things. It's like a, it's like a pet peeve of mine. I have these little, little pet, we all have these little pet peeves, right? Fuck, I better go change that. Let me go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, you know, we just, we still do it, you know, time to time, but it's just one of those things. Like even when I have posted that, it's like, do I need to put this? Like we, like people aren't dumb, you know, like we, they get it. They know, you know, uh, we, 
we are so into streaming now, you know, um, when you say the album is out, they're going to know, Oh, I better head over to Spotify or whatever their, whatever their, their platform is, Amazon, whatever. Um, it's just one of those things like out now on all digital platforms. Yeah. No fucking shit. Like that's, <laughs> I am going to go update all that shit right now. And I'll put like a little like, like message that says how he told me this shit's stupid. So, yeah. (laughs) Hey, what's up, everybody? Wanted to take a quick break to let everybody know they can pre-save our song Social Drinker right now. Uh, It is coming out May 22nd. uh, And you can pre-save it right now at Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal and Deezer. Uh, If you wouldn't mind doing that and then... um please follow the band and uh, add the song to a playlist as well. Any playlist doesn't matter. Uh, We appreciate all the help we can get. All of these things help the band uh, immensely. Uh, The algorithm will pick it up and push it out to more and more listeners. And uh, you will be helping us in in a huge way. So uh, please pre-save Social Drinker right now. It'll be out May 22nd. And uh, don't forget about the Ballyhoo live stream, May 31st. Or I'm sorry, May 21st, Thursday. Uh, and then at midnight, Social Drinker goes live. So uh, thank you guys very much. And back to the pod. Rob Duderman, what's up, buddy? He says, out on vinyl at the merch table. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that is the flip, right? It's like <laughs> vinyl is is a given as well. So like for me, uh, we're, n- we're not pressing vinyl unless it's like some major release, you know? Though I think um, the 45 is a great, um opportunity for a band to put an ep on or like a cool single or something as, as like a promo thing because they're they're cheaper than than the 12 inch to make um and you could probably get them quicker but uh it's just something cool about a little 45 you know with the cover art and everything so that that's something but uh absolutely vinyl absolutely um but yeah the the, the digital platform thing yeah we're everybody knows we're on digital platforms <laughs> iTunes is a digital platform too. It always has been, you know, it's just, so that's just, that's my little, that's what really really grinds my gears, everybody. Um, So, uh, so are you guys like, are you live streaming? Like if you're not, you should be. I know, I know, I know. I mean, no, we're not right now. You know, the time, bro. It's tough because Blaine's in Southern California, right? Um, What are we doing right now? You're right. You're right. You're right. I did you're do one live. In Maryland. <laughs> hey, we're doing it right now, actually. Is right now. <laughs> you know what I've seen? What I've seen, actually, I, I want to do this with my band, actually. You know, we've been doing these quarantine videos. Uh, there's a new one out right now, everybody. I don't want to go. Go watch it. Um, available on all digital platforms. Um, <laughs> except for vinyl. Except for vinyl. Um, no, uh, you can do like something like this or like a Zoom is, is like there's no latency. Like it's there's no latency. It's like, I mean, there's a tiny, tiny bit, right? But you can literally put your band on screen and play together acoustically. You have your, your drummer playing a cajon, somebody playing a shaker, other gets acoustic and someone's singing. Um, if you don't have like an interface or anything, you could literally do that just by setting your phone up like this. This is this is going on to everybody that's, that's trying to figure this out right now. Any artist that's like trying to deal with this shit. It's, you can literally have a performance in four different cities right here because as long as it's like acoustic right now there's probably ways like with the interface if we all have good mics and stuff like that and you may be able to like uh work your keys in in there through the interface i haven't tried this yet but 
just just acoustic in a room with a microphone or not even a microphone just having your phone set up you know and and being there in front of the camera you literally can play together and and i i'd i would say any band get on get up do a private stream just to yourselves just the four of you or how many's in the band and just see what it sounds like see if it works and then if it works man go live there there's no reason like there's so many like i get so passionate about this like everything's free you know everything's free and like people are here and they they want they want the the content you know and it's just you know if if you're uh if you don't play guitar but you're rapping and singing and you've got your buddy in california playing guitar or whatever i, I would try it out man i think it'd be very cool it's it's something different uh you know and it's it's kind of eye-popping like oh shit they're like obviously in different rooms and different yeah you know and it, but it's happening live you know we do these quarantine videos the guys film themselves and they record themselves and then they send me the footage and the tracks. I mix it all together and edit it in a, um, you know, pro tools and then premiere and then I release it. Right. But imagine doing it live right there and being able to talk to your audience too, in the comments here, like, I don't know, that, that's something I think that we should all be trying. And I'm hoping that, 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 uh, value will do it very soon as well. No, I think that's a great idea. You know, I, I think if you ask Blaine, he'd be like, yeah, let's do that tomorrow. I mean, this guy will bust his ass and do anything. Um, for me, maybe it's just been intimidating. Like, how are we going to pull this off? Can we execute it? And, uh, you know, I've let that get to me. Plus, I've just been so busy with the album. I know it seems like like an excuse, but like I've been so busy and I'm trying to get back in. It's kind of like I'm easing back into this life, you know. Um, but now there's no better time than right now, right? I mean, what the fuck else am I going to do? And, you know. Like, like you say, I mean, it's just like, we should all be doing it. Everybody should be doing it. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, this is one of those things where like, you know, if, if you, if you haven't, um, if you haven't been doing, I mean, obviously live streaming was here before this, but if you haven't been doing it, it's, it is new and it, it I can understand how it's intimidating and like, what gear do I use? What do I need? The, the, the reality is you don't need any gear. You literally, if you have a laptop with a webcam on it, I mean, you're good to go. Right. Um, or your phone, you know, um, uh, this was something like this mic and this interface and whatever else I got here, this camera, like this is all stuff that I, I had over time and I was already doing it. So when this happened, I was already in there, you know, I was ahead of the curve. I just kind of ramped it up as far as how much I was going live. And I think everybody should be going live as much as possible. Um, you know, uh, okay. Snowy says here, Snowy says you should do a zoom or Google meet with fans. Absolutely. Uh, we were already talking about this. Like the other day I went and downloaded, um, I went and downloaded all these apps. Like I'm check, I'm going to check them out, but it's like, uh, I can't see that really, but, um, it's like house party hangouts. I got Skype, Google meet zoom. I, I want to try them all, you know, and just see what, what works the best. And, and, and the more you do that, you can understand, you can learn to understand things and, uh, you find your platform. Um, you know, I've had audio issues. I might be having audio issues right now. I don't know. You might be louder than me. I might be louder than you. Like, but the fact is that I'm trying, I'm doing things, you know, it's better than, it's better to be proactive, I think, than reactive, you know, like just, just try shit. Like it can be intimidating for sure, but you won't know until you try. And I really think that like the, the, the live zoom thing with like four band members on screen at once or whatever that that could be something very cool yeah i think man. man should be doing that 
we're absolutely going to try that. That's a great idea. Yeah, man. You know, like I said, there's like, like um, I'm clapping. I see a tiny bit of latency, you know, but it's probably not enough to like, you know, for the band to get messed up. I mean, the audio is there as long as the audio is on point, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're definitely be trying that. Uh, as far as like a Google hang or something or, or zoom with the fans. Absolutely. Like we want to do that as well. Like some sort of a meet and greet backstage kind of thing, you know? Yeah. There's all kinds of things. It's just a matter of like where your imagination goes. How good is your imagination? You know, um, if you have a team, you know, management or whatever, like, what do you guys, everybody should be brainstorming on how to take advantage of these wonderful tools that we have and how to make a better experience for our fans, our listeners, our viewers, you know? Yeah. No, I think uh, that's what we should start with, right? Get comfortable with all that shit, and then uh, and just connect too with with the fans. That's super cool. I think uh, Blaine and I were were planning on doing this like Q and A thing the other day, but I think getting more people involved, like everyone on the project in there, and like letting every fan come and join, and just have a free for all session would be super cool. It's a great, I, great I think your your record came out today. I think yeah. you need to get everyone involved in the process of the record. Get them on. Uh, a zoom or a facebook like go live on facebook yeah and share the link and just talk about the record for an hour that's, i really think you should do that i do too that's a great idea whoever said that i missed the name but man that's that's yeah i mean this is this is something that every artist should be doing whenever you have a release release day the day you announce it a month earlier like whatever like um you should be getting on and and hanging out with your fans and like just discussing the process people want to be involved they want to see how we do the things that we do you know like i've literally gone on with my pro tools session and just a song that's unreleased just i'm working on guitars or figuring out lyrics or making the beat or something and i'm doing it right in front of them in real time and some of the stuff that i do makes it to the record you know uh, which is very cool you know and I just, I see so much value in that. I, I see, like, I would love for my favorite artist to, like, give me an inside look on their YouTube channel or whatever. Who would you pick right now? If uh, you dude, could? Uh, Billy Joe Armstrong, of course. <laughs> right? Like, that's, he's my guy right here. That's my, my Green Day tat. Uh, um, right. Like, I would love to see his writing process and watch him kind of, like, make a skeleton demo, you know, uh, on in Pro Tools or whatever. Um that would be so fun for me, you know, and I feel like, you know, people, people love to um, just get involved, you know, and then when the, when the record comes out, when this, or, or the single or whatever, you have this like support, this organic support because people, oh man, I watched him, I watched him make that. Like now I can, I can own it or I can listen to it now, you know, or I'm going to share it with people. Like it's just this, you, you learn to, to build this organic thing with your fans you know yeah i don't know i just i just really i, I really like that the fact that that we can do this right now is, is blowing my mind still you know i got people over here in the corner here just like just chatting this whole time we're talking you know i'm gonna bring i'm start i'm gonna start flying in comments here if you got any questions for jay here and shrub music please uh throw them in the comments we'll fly them in and we'll do a little bit of q a um so so when's the first live stream when are we when are we doing it? <laughs> well, we're definitely doing a Q&A on Monday. Blaine and I are like we just planned that where, you know, but it's just like this format. Exactly. Just us two. And then people can comment. Um, 
So we're going to do that Monday, but as far as performing, I mean, we got to get on that ASAP. So first thing I'm going to do when I get off this call is call Blaine and be like, dude, how he says we got to do this shit. <laughs> he'll be like, I know, I feel the same way. You're the, you're the guy sitting on your ass, Jay. That's what he'll say. <laughs> nice. Nah, man, it's, uh, it, don't do it because I said it. No, um, I know, but, I know. but, I, but that's, that's why I started this podcast, man. I want, I want to give that advice. The things that I'm doing, I want everybody else to be doing that stuff. I'm not, I didn't, I didn't start a podcast to keep secrets. You know, the whole reason is just give away everything that I've learned. Um, we've had some really shitty things happen to us as a band in the last 20 years, 25 years. And, uh, we, I don't want, there's, there's certain things that are like rite of passage. And I think every, I think everyone needs to sleep on the floor for, for years. I think everyone needs to eat shitty food. You know, not, not really. You should try to eat healthy, but you know what I'm saying? Like everybody yeah. needs to uh, run out of gas on the, in the desert, you know, at some point on the blow a tire or three, blow a tire. <laughs> let's, let, let's not blow a tire. Cause that's fucking terrible. That's well, like I know. One most, <laughs> that is one of the most terrifying experiences that you go through. Uh, and, uh, so I don't wish that on anyone, but, but definitely those, those little things that like really make you appreciate when things get better, you know, uh, not getting paid, uh, three shows in a row and driving, you know, eight hours for every show, you know, like things like that, staying at some random person's house and, you know, with their dog scratching at the door all night, you don't get any sleep, you know? Yeah. Dirty uh, ass couch. Scott, <laughs> we have a song called gas station burrito uh, on detonate and Scott, woke up uh next to a litter box i think two or three times in just a couple weeks at different houses i mean it w in a couple weeks you're all over the country at this point you're not it's it's you're here then you're all the way across you're a thousand miles away two thousand miles away and yeah this happened to scott in like three different homes on three different nights in three different states uh damn woke up god. next to a cat litter box i think the cat one of them the cat was actually still pooping uh next to his head when he woke up so like those types of things you know uh everyone should go through that stuff but there's certain things that are unnecessary uh things that you know if you go if if you're working with somebody in in a radio campaign and your radio guy's like hey we're gonna go to uh we're gonna go to nebraska and play this radio show and it's going to be cool. And we're going to like, all right, cool. And if they may add your song to the radio, all right, sweet, let's do it. And then you drive like 1500 miles or whatever it is from Maryland and you get there and there's no radio station because an alternative radio station doesn't exist there anymore in this particular town. Damn. And then you play the show and then you drive back home, right? Another 1500 miles. So things like that, you know, like, wow. I'm trying to get that advice out there. Like, look, do some research. Make sure there's a radio station before you drive out there. Jeez, uh, just dumb shit like that, you know. Um, don't sign stupid contracts. Oh, I know. I learned. I learned a. Uh, I learned a new a new phrase recently in perpetuity. Don't sign anything that says in perpetuity. Okay. Um, Brutal. And uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, so that that's what this is for. So uh, definitely get on that live stream and stuff, man. I, I think it's 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 those types of things really help grow the brand. I mean, we are we're all brands at this point. You know, uh, it's not just about the music anymore. It's about uh, you. You know, and this this is for anybody. You have to create multiple revenue streams. You know, 
not just as a musician, but anybody out there, if you're, if you're doing any sort of like side hustle type of, or any, any sort of job that's like not the norm, like, you know, you're not working at the grocery store, you're not working a government job, you're not kind of doing that nine to five thing. If you're doing something in the creative space or the business space where you're trying to create your own business, you have to be savvy in many different areas now, or, or at least know someone that in your organization that is savvy. And, uh, Social media, especially for us, is, is huge. You know, that's how we get the word out. Oh, yeah. Whew. Man, that radio station story, I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I bet. You know, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to get kind of back to that, too, at some point, like where I'm sleeping on a dirty couch, like to some degree, you know, just playing shows. That's all I really mean by that and grinding a little bit can't wait to get back and, and, and try that when this is all over, but whew, radio station, 1500 miles away. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. It, I see know. Mike on here, by the way, Mike de Guzman. What's up, Mike? Mike de Guzman. What's up, man? Pacifier. <clears throat> yeah. He's a, uh, Mike is, uh, on the last tour that we did together last year, I think it was 2019, right? Everything's, I don't know what year it is anymore. Um, but, uh, Pacifier was out with us and we we would bring Mike up to uh shred the guitar on gas station burrito actually. Um because there's there's this cool like dueling guitar solo that I just have a harmonizer on the on the on the Kemper for you know to make up for it for live. But um Mike would come on and just do the the harmony to it and just just shred on this guitar, man. Killer, insane. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah, when we were doing this album, I was like, hey, can you you want to get on this song called Someday You Won't Live This Good? And, you know, grateful that he was like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And then there was like this one other tune, right? We had one left on the album and all we needed was a piano part. That's it. And the album would be done. And I'm like, man, I really want Mike on this. I hope he can like find some inspiration, right? Because the song, to some degree, you wouldn't think maybe needed it. It was like, hey, just let it be a little more sparse and open. And I was like, no, I really want this. So I, I begged and begged for a little tell you for like weeks. I was like, oh, come on. And, he, and, he, and he's like, yeah, I'll do it, man. And like now it's my favorite part of the song, right? It needed it. Now that's what I want to hear every time the song plays. I want to hear the outro and him playing that piano over that that outro. And it just like it gets me right. So I appreciate you, Mike. Uh, Mike seems like the type of guy that you just give him a beat and he'll do something with it. You know, <laughs> yeah, totally. he's very, uh, very creative. Yeah. Um, and he lived in Columbus for a while, too. Oh, yeah? Here. yeah, he did. So, you know, I'd run into him at, at different shows here and there as well when he was home. And, uh, you know, again, that song Shrub Love, there's a little nugget, little nugget for Pacifier in there as well. So in case you want to check that out, you should. All you right. Know, you'll see. We, we love the, the shout outs. Um, so Michelle Richards says, any collaborations you're excited about in the future? Oh, man. Whew. Hmm. I mean, I don't have any planned right now. Um, you know, today earlier I was talking to some of my old bandmates who have their own band. Um, I was talking to them, the quasi Kings. And I said, Hey man, you guys should, uh, we should do a song. I was talking to Benny. I said, we should do a song. You know, we release a single with you guys guesting on it. And then you guys release a single with us collabing on it. And then, you know, bridge those fan bases, you know, together. And uh, so we were talking about that. That'd be kind of cool just to like go back, you know, to the guys I was with for all those years, you know, and put out a song again, you know, with them, because I am really proud of that High Ceratops album. You know, if you listen to that, you know, there's a couple really, really 
killer tunes that I'm super proud of, like Fast Lane, um, you know, which is a crowd favorite. And then there's a song called Herbivore. Um, but, you know, doing stuff with new people. Oh, man, I'm pretty open. Honestly, I'm hungry. But, you know, I am. If you listen to that Shrub Love, uh, if you listen to that Shrub Love song, you know, I'm a fan at the end of the day um, of all these bands. And I would love to work with, you know, anybody who's willing to work with me you know, that we can connect and create something amazing. And it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're, you know, you know, stick or, you know, whether you're, you know, someone who's like up and coming and just, you know, and, and hasn't even played a show yet. If the music's good, like I'm, I'm down to, to work. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we try to like, we, we don't really do a lot of feature stuff. Um, it's not that like I'm opposed to or anything. We've definitely had some rad features. I just don't, I don't think of it too much. Um, every now and then I'd be like, man, this would be really cool if like a girl sang on this or, um, you know, uh, well, you get somebody, that. what's that? You should do that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I we had, uh, years ago we had, um, God, this is like before our first album, we were playing shows. We had a friend, she was a good singer and she would sing, uh, uh, uh what's it called the. She has a girlfriend now by Real Big Fish. Um, she has a girlfriend now, right? So she would sing that with us at the shows. Um, was it that one? And and oh, a pro, I think Saw Red. We did Saw Red together. Uh, and then we had our own. Um, we had a, I, I written like this kind of duopy punk duop song uh, where we it was she sang on that as well. It was like a call and response kind of thing, you know. Like I was trying to make it all like you know, that sixties kind of boy girl thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and we never, never really did anything with that. And then, uh, I don't know. I just haven't. And, and, but there, there's been a couple songs lately where, um, I'm like, man, we got to get a, we got to get a, a, like a known female singer, you know, to, to jump on this, you know? So I'm hoping that'll work out. And then we had the, the feature with Ted from past fire, uh, on renegade, uh, which is one of my favorite tracks. I love that song. Uh, and then we had Eric Rachmani on uh, "This Chick Is Whack." Nice. And then we the the real big fish horn section, like you know. So we we try to get. It's not always a singer. It can be somebody. Uh, Kyle Ahern from uh, Revolution just played, uh, just shredded a solo on one of our new songs, and I'm never ever going to be able to play live. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> so it's either going to go on the tracks or. I'm just going to do something else. <laughs> but uh, I told him, I, t I told him too, when we, when we approached him, I was, I was like, yo, you want to like, what's your shred fee? Cause like, let me, let, let me, uh, I'd like you to get on the song. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, Hey, you know, just think of me, you know, when you're doing it, like, you know, and then I hit him up later. I was like, you know what, man, do whatever you want. Do it. I don't care. Whatever. Just make it crazy. Just I, I serve the song. I don't want, don't, don't, handicap yourself just because because uh, i can't play what you're playing <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what he did right <laughs> yeah like, just, I, he sent me the file it's just like it was like it was smoking you know i was like oh whoa whoa jeez oh man you know, i remember when we were when we were recording uh the last album that dude i was talking about earlier kevin oliver who was like the parliament funkadelic guy right you know he came in we hired him you know studio hired gun come in lay down this stuff and before that, we had had like three or four guitar players come in and, and honestly try these solos. And, you know, they were great, but they just didn't fit what I was looking for. So we just would try to hire someone else. Right. That was the stage we were at. 
and he comes in, you know, the most expensive guy out of everybody too. And he comes in and he starts laying down shit and it's so funky. And it just added this whole nother dynamic. And, and I was thinking like we had another guitar player at the time playing rhythm guitar who was playing a lot of lead before this. He was like, I don't know if I can play like Kevin Oliver. And we were like, yeah, you probably can't. And then at the end of this session, Kevin Oliver goes, you guys playing any shows, you know, or what are you going to do with this album? You know? And we were like, yeah, we're definitely going to go on tour, play shows. He's like, you guys want me to join the band? We were like, yes, we finally have someone that can play these songs. <laughs> right. Cause like it was almost too good that we couldn't do it justice live. You know, we just couldn't. Yeah. I know that feeling. I, it's, it's funny when you're, when you're recording, it's like there, what do you do? It's like, Oh, well, the band's not big enough to fill this out the way we're recording it, you know, because I'm I'm layering like three, four guitars sometimes. Yeah. Um, or there's uh, horns, you know. When we do songs, I, you know, we can't not have the, the horns when we do live. If the song has horns on it, they're going to be there live. And we just drop that shit in the tracks. You know, it's it's. I think people are just used to that and most of them just don't even pay attention. They don't care. You know, like you're hearing horns, but you're not seeing them on stage, you know, and they sound perfect every time. Yeah. Uh, cause it's obviously pre-recorded, but, um, it's, you know, where, how far do you go? And like lately, I mean, when we record songs and obviously live is a different animal, you know, uh, but I can't get past like, oh, I'm going to miss that at, for the show. You know, like it needs to be there for the show. So, you know, we're already playing to a click on most of the songs, most of the shows to a click. And um, I'm like, well, if we're going to play to a click, I'm just going to take advantage and drop the horns and some, you know, whatever the ambient, like backup vocals, like the oohs and ahs, stuff like that, oh, yeah. stuff that, you know, Still we have, I'm, basically the only singer in the band like scott scott does the harmonies as much as he can uh and nickel likes scream and stuff here and there um my brother donald if you're out there watching right now like we have the same genes i know he i know he has a voice in there i know he can do it he just needs to do it uh and uh so but but um i, I do at some point i want to i want to grow the band i i want i would love to have a horn section i want another guitar player that shreds it up and can sing, you know, like I want to have three part harmonies. Like I want the band to be full. I want us to look like a gang on stage, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I agree. Like I always like having a full stage, you know, and real people, but you know, for, for my project, you know, since I've kind of dissolved the band, you know, Blaine's always trying to push me, Hey, let's just run all backing tracks for literally everything, but you and I, or let's just get a drummer, you and I, and everything else will be ran through backing tracks, you know, even the harmonies and, you know, everything, all this, all the seasoning, all the goodies. Um, and uh, he's really trying to push me to do that. And, uh, you know, it'll change the, com it'll completely change the dynamic of our show. Um, but, you know, as a, you know, I'm kind of a rapper at the end of the day, you know, I sing melodically or I, I rap melodically is maybe the best way to say what I do. Um, you know, so I think people are used to when you hear hip hop and rap, you know, mixed with any genre like reggae or whatever else we play, you know, shit, our shit's poppy even, you know, a lot of stuff's poppy. Um, but, but it'll be cool. I think, I think the crowd could respond if you execute well. And, you know, we got an X32 and, and Ableton and ears and all that already. We've been running that, but like really taking advantage of that might be our path, you know, and you guys should just keep adding, get some horns, get that guitar, 
Yeah. Uh, the, the, the reason really we haven't done it is because, um, you know, it's the, the space, you know, in the van, like we have a bigger vehicle mm -hmm. in the last couple of years now, but it's, you know, we can't cram 10 people in there. You know, it's like seven, it's already like, ugh, right. Um, so, you know, we may, we may move to a model where we, you know, maybe we do a live stream. Here's, here's another tip, you know, live streaming is not going away um, for you artists mm -hmm. out there. And now is the time to think about ways to use it. So put on a show, put on a live stream, raise money to get a, uh, a bigger vehicle, rent, rent a, a big vehicle, a bandwagon or something, or even a bus, you know, if the money's all right um, for the month, you know, and go, go do a tour, go do a big tour, you know, add to your band. That's, that might be something we, we may try to do, you know, do just do a big, big live stream, raise money, uh, for, for getting a bus or something, you know, just because we want to help make the, the tour and the show bigger, uh, things like that. Um, so that, that's really why we haven't done it. Like, I, you know, the parts are there. Um, and you know, now Donald made a good point. My brother, he's like, he's like, you know, listening to this song over and over makes us want uh, a shreddy guitar player, you know, even more now, cause it just sounds awesome. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah. and now, you know, I would love to keep going in that direction. Um, I just always have, I cover what I can. Like I'm more of a, like I play the hell out of the rhythm, you know, I'm a really good at the rhythm, but I, and my, my solos are like melodic, you know, they're, they just kind of go like, it's more, they're kind of like a vocal line, you know, like the melodies. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I shred a little tiny bit, but I'd rather like, uh, you know, I'd rather have somebody like, I like to leave it to the pros, you know, like have somebody that just come, come out there and slay it and, and you know, sing back up and, things like that. Like I, I want the show now. Have you heard a band called little stranger? Oh yeah, of course. Yep. So those guys are ridiculous. And that's something that maybe you guys should look, look to do. I, I watched one of their lives. I think last month. Yeah. It's insane. They're so good. And you know, it's just, I, I, yeah, they're playing the tracks, but then they're rapping and singing. He's sitting down playing the acoustic and like, it just sounds awesome, man. Yeah. You know, that's something that you could easily pull off. Yeah, I think so too. And, and they are, somewhat of an inspiration for me right now you know they are you know they're growing right rapidly but they've also done really well in like the ohio market right because of bands like bad fish and tropodelic hooking them up with some amazing opportunities collabing and then all of a sudden on their own everyone's like holy shit little stranger is off the hook and uh you know i absolutely look at them and say man um i i, I am intrigued by what they do and um you know, I think it is a way for me to execute and pull this off because I think my music deserves to be more like that. Like that's, that'll do it justice. You know, a lot of electronic program drums on this new album anyway. And, you know, we don't necessarily have to, to take it with a full band and like, look what they're doing. You know, two guys makes touring a lot easier. Um, it makes making decisions a lot easier, <laughs> right? Uh, when you got less <laughs> mouths to feed and you yeah. know, less space and like, you can get a, a, a one double hotel room you know like you know we're doing three hotel rooms uh, yeah you oh, know yes. and, and it's like you've got all these people and you're doing you know we do per diem and everything everybody everybody gets money every day to buy food and stuff like that and it, yeah if you're just two guys and and like the, the load in load out is like super simple oh, yeah right? they, they played right after us the last show we played they were on right after us right on our stage and we're like, we took, I don't know, way too long to tear down, but it's festival alternating stages. So we had time, right? But we're tearing down 
And then they're already like set up by the time we're done tearing down. Like they were literally set up and ready to go. And I'm like, wow, man, that's brilliant. It's efficient. The the Reese brothers are just like that. The Reese brothers are uh, very small. It's just the two of them. And it's like a drum kit and guitar amp. (laughs) You know, it's like, that's it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're definitely doing it right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just watched one of their live streams. First time I had actu- actually ever checked them out. I've heard the name. Oh, they're great. Times, but yeah, it was super it was talented. Pretty good, man. It was, you know, I'm good. definitely blown away by the, uh, by some of the artists these days coming out. Some of the people that we know even, you know, yeah. um, things you're able to accomplish when it's like just the two of them or whatever. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, the new record is out today. It is uh, is called Back to Earth, and it is available. It's just available. That's all I'm going to say. It's available. See, now that sounds awkward when you don't say anything. <laughs> it's available. It's it's available. It's available. Yeah. Um, no, it's out everywhere on all digital platforms. Oh my god! No, you didn't. I did. I just <laughs> did it. You know. No, it is. Uh, yeah. Um, it's everywhere, man. Uh, came out this morning and, you know, please check it out. Definitely check it out. And if you're in this industry or you're like one of these bands that's in this scene, I, I highly recommend everybody checks out Shrub Love. Like anyone, not just bands either. You know, if you're, you know, hint, hint you know, if you're, you know, in any sort of like ineffable law or whatever, like check it out because you're going to find something hopefully really interesting in there. And it's actually like, you know, just me showing love at the end of the day to the people that i you know i respect and and want to emulate that's great man well uh thanks so much for coming on the podcast today man i'm glad we made it work yeah thank you appreciate yeah, you having me absolutely well um i'll make sure that uh i'll share this around i'll make sure that i'll edit this caption and with your your the link to the record and everything and definitely um <clears throat> go give shrub a follow follows are very important on spotify it helps the algorithm it helps it helps them with the algorithm uh, if you save save the album and uh, follow the band and add one of their songs or the whole record to one of your playlists, uh, your your hanging out by the pool playlist or your quarantine playlist or whatever, um, all these things help these independent artists uh, reach more people. And uh, if someone's telling you to just listen to the CDs and boycott streaming, don't boycott streaming. Go the other way. Streaming is where it's at. This is where we live now, and that's what ultimately is going to help everybody out. So. Uh, make sure you give him a follow. I'll have the link here in a little bit. Uh, dude, Jay, thanks so much, man. Man, thank you as well. Absolutely, man. Well, have a wonderful day, and uh, I, I want to see some live streaming, man. All right, I promise I'll do it as soon as possible. That's yeah, the awesome, dude. <laughs> All, All right, right. man. Uh, have a great day, bro. All right, appreciate you. All right, guys, take care. This has been episode number 117 of Tales from the Green Room Podcast. I'm your host, Howie Spangler. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, uh, YouTube channel, everywhere give this video if you're on youtube give this video a like subscribe to the channel and uh hit that notification button all right and if you're on facebook please share the video around thanks a lot guys take care